the football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. It is Cofield and Company's Thursday football frenzy. We are at Silver 7's Willie Ramirez, Adam Candy, Ari at the Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, Here's something that we need to let you know right off the top. If you're going to get down to Silver 7's for this game, here's what's waiting for you. 77-cent Bud Bud Light McUltra, all NFL games, all season long. And how about this for a special? Two 22-ounce draft beers... Two hot dogs, two bags of chips, 777. Happy hour starting at 3 o'clock. Hey, wait, wait, hold on a second. That's right now. That is right now. Beers, well drinks, margaritas, $2.77. You can get down to the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Sign up for the mobile betting app. Get $50 added to your account. Give me crunch. <laughs> Admit it, Raider fans. The last time the words Jack Del Rio even flashed through your mind we're in 2017 you haven't thought about jack you haven't given him a second piece of consideration since the man had to go out there and fire himself at the end of the 2017 season remember the last time mark davis ducked because he didn't want to be in the line of fire yeah that was it when he fired jack del rio but made jack del rio get out there and announce his own firing when he had finally locked up John Gruden. Well, here we are again. Um, Mark Davis. Adam, let me ask you a question real quick. Uh, yes, Willie. Uh, because of that, because we talked about that this morning at the facility, it, it almost doesn't come as a surprise that Mark Davis can't bring himself to come address the media even for five minutes, or maybe even to just walk in the facility yesterday, introduce Rich Passaccia, and then just walk off. Even if he was just going to introduce him, but nothing. So maybe this doesn't come as a surprise because he couldn't even announce the firing of Jack Del Rio. And we're going to get into more of that about Mark Davis in the four o'clock hour. Uh, Jack Del Rio, of course, now with the Washington football team. Ooh, that's an interesting coincidence. Uh, Jack Del Rio put his thoughts about John Gruden out there in the media earlier, um, and. I thought he measured it well enough. I didn't think he probably should have said even as much as he did. But Jack Del Rio said that it was shocking. Embarrassingly bad for a person in that position to have those thoughts and then express them like that. I don't have a lot of respect for that. Uh, They were asking Del Rio, do you think that those emails are representative of league views? I don't know. It's not been my experience, Del Rio said. That's obviously an example of there being a problem. That's not been my experience. So, um, Willie, I think we're going to get into the situation here real soon where anyone who wants to truly condemn what John Gruden has said, if they're a public figure, better be careful and better think about what's out there attributed to them in their past because there have been Jack Del Rio political comments and other controversies over the last year that could rage right back up for him here. Uh, he had some very strong beliefs about the 2020 election, support of uh, his favored political candidate. He liked tweets saying that people who 
knock down political statues should be treated as rioters and criminals. Uh, there's more there that's probably not material to the whole thing. But, Willie, as we look at this, um, it feels to me like anyone who wants to say something about John Gruden better go through and do a lot of Twitter and Facebook combing before they decide to put their name to something. Yeah, you know, it's you can disagree with the thoughts in terms of the, you know, what John Gruden said and and by saying that you, you know, I don't agree with that philosophy, but to start to condemn and judge someone else, um, you, you're, you're towing a fine line there, um, you know, and judge not that you be not judged. Uh, you know, you just don't want to. Like you said, put something out there against somebody else condemning one person. You can condemn thoughts, but if you, uh, like Derek Carr said yesterday, I don't think that there's anybody, and he said, including myself, where we want our text messages and our emails being revealed to the world. Um, there's probably not a person in this media room that wants that, you know, and he said, you know, alluded to that. So for Jack Del Rio to come out, it's one thing to come out. Like, you know, you heard Mike Tomlin. Uh, he had a comment yesterday. We were on a conference call with Vic Fangio. He had a comment, and you know, I, I asked him. I said, "Did you address your team? You know, the, you're not the Raiders, but you're about to play the Raiders. But at the same token, this is now a thought concept from an old school coach that's in the NFL, and you're talking about players, young players, um, that who you're supposed to be molding their minds, and you know, some of them maybe come to you off the field for advice. Did you talk to them? And and he had something to say to them, but he didn't necessarily condemn Gruden. It was the thought and the sentiment. There, you know, a lot of people are being very careful in how they word um, their opinion on this situation. Some are being very strong. Some that have had personal relationships with John Gruden and who have maybe said up front, you know, in their relationships, the experiences, and, and they expressed their opinions and, and that they were called out, namely Keyshawn Johnson. Um, so, but yeah, I agree with you. You know, you have, to, you have to toe that fine line as to how far you're going to go to condemn a person as opposed to the thoughts. <laughs> Willie, of course, is at Silver 7's for tonight's football game. Uh, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia down uh, in Philly. Tampa coming off a big win, uh, at least in terms of the numbers, 45-17 over Miami. Philly pulls it out late in Carolina, 21-18. Uh, Tampa, a seven-point favorite in most spots in town, 52 and a half. The total. Willie, what's your read here? I, I know that road favorites in the NFL always scare me from a betting perspective. Uh, Tampa Bay's offense is pretty darn good, but they're they're a team that's nicked up all over right now. I I am leaning toward the Eagles plus the points on this one. Um, you know, the Eagles, have both their wins were on the road. And you have to think that they're going to come into this game gung-ho on national TV against not only the defending Super Bowl champs, but Tom Brady. Um, Their defense, you know, they gave up 41 points to the Dallas Cowboys and 42 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, obviously, there's question marks over the Kansas City Chiefs at this point off what they've been doing, but they held the Falcons to six points in Atlanta. 
They held the 49ers to 17 points in a loss, and they just went into Carolina and held them to 18 points. Now, are any of those teams the Buccaneers? No, you'd have to say, well, they're more like the Chiefs or the Cowboys. But, again, this is a game that I think that the Eagles, you know, they're gearing up for. They, they've got two straight road games coming up, one here in Las Vegas, and then they go to Detroit. Um it, you can't say it's a winnable game, but I think that this is their big game so far. Um, they had their rival game against Dallas. They, they played the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, based off of what Tampa Bay has shown us and um, with their defense at times, I'm just not convinced that Tampa Bay is going to go into this off a short week. Um, you know, their two, their, their two previous games – on the road, there are only two games on the road. They lost in L.A. They came from behind to beat New England. So I, I like the Eagles here. It's understandable. I mean, and again, road favorite, touchdown. you got to really ask yourself if you think that team can separate the way that that would suggest. And when you think about Rob Gronkowski still being out uh, for Tampa Bay yep. and the fact that Jalen Hurts is the kind of guy who can get you to the back door and actually did it a few times last year i think uh, i see exactly where you're coming from there we'll get the we'll get some inside the locker room thoughts on not only what's been going on here in las vegas with john gruden but of course uh jimmy smith former nfl wide receiver spent a large part of his career in jacksonville and uh, i heard the coach there's been going through some stuff too jimmy smith on the other side Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Thursday afternoon down at Silver 7s for football, football, and football. Oh, and a little bit of baseball and hockey as well. Willie Ramirez, Adam Candy, Ari at the Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, you know, we've spent all week talking about the Raiders and John Gruden and the happiest man in America that we have spent the entire week talking about the Raiders and John Gruden is Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer then does not have to hear about anything that has gone on in Jacksonville since it appears that owner Shad Khan is going to allow his situation to continue at least until the end of the year. So, uh, Willie, I would be thrilled if I were Urban Meyer and I would feel like I at least weathered the initial storm here and John Gruden and the Raiders have taken all of the focus off Jacksonville. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's it's October, and um, we're Christmas shopping, and I wouldn't be surprised if it, Urban's already maybe grabbed a case of cigars or maybe a fine liqueur for for former coach John Gruden and a little bit of a Christmas gift or something because he he definitely has to be thankful for the media spotlight, the national media spotlight. I'm sure it's the, the media spotlight in Jacksonville has not changed um, outside of just reports. I'm sure that in Jacksonville there are plenty of stories every single day. But uh, from a national standpoint, Urban Meyer definitely has to be thankful 
that the spotlight is on Las Vegas. Yeah, and let's get to a greater and probably more important point in there. Christmas shopping in October. If you were that diligent, sir, I am proud of you because I am someone who firmly does not want to see one ounce of Christmas in those stores until, first of all, and I'm stretching this by even saying this, after Halloween. But the disrespect to Thanksgiving has to stop. I understand everybody wants to shop for Christmas. No one is, like, shopping for Thanksgiving gifts. Right. But what happened to Thanksgiving? Where, where did it go? Because I can walk into stores right now and see Christmas trees, and, dude, it is too soon. It is. It, I agree with you. I agree with you. Now, let me ask you this. Let's say you are out and about shopping for something for yourself, but you see something that sort of triggers your eye and your thought process. You say, you know what? This would make a great and, – and it just happens to be a sale or something – do you grab it now? Because I've already done that with one particular item for my son. Okay, so here's what I I want to believe that I will do that and then also remember at Christmas that I bought it. But the problem is, the much more likely is that I'm going to buy it, I'm going to see it, and I'm going to think, oh, yeah, that's yeah. perfect. And yeah. then sometime five years from now, I'm going to go up in a closet that I don't normally go in, and I'm going to say to myself, oh. You know what? Ugh. That Okay, so that used to happen to me when Jordan was little. And I would buy, I would always, so the rule was no more shopping. And Jordan had to earn his money, so he would go shopping. He, had, he got to a point where he had to buy his own things. No more shopping after Labor Day, and he just would make a list. I would sometimes forget things that I'd buy, but the good thing is, is his birthday was January 13th, so a lot of the birthday shopping was done. All right. Well, if you thought we were here just to talk about Christmas gifts, uh, you are absolutely wrong. little tech issue we've got resolved so that we can get to the phone lines to former Jacksonville Jaguar Super Bowl champion pro bowler Jimmy Smith joining us here on Cofield and Company. Jimmy, welcome. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate your time. We, of course, want to talk to you about a coach in trouble in the NFL. But no, even though we're in Vegas, we're not starting with John Gruden. Um, What's going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer, man? I, I think we lost him. Oh, but man. But Ari's going to get him back. No, Ari's going to go ahead and uh, pass on that one. We're going to keep this uh, rolling on here for now because um, I think Willie and I can Willie and I can probably handle it, even though um, the only time we've ever spent in locker rooms is with a pen and paper in hand. Uh, definitely not with uh, Definitely not with pads on, but... Yeah, I just think it's fascinating that the Urban Meyer situation, um, you know, there obviously there are levels to it, right? Um, it was clearly uh, it was clearly something that goes against the morals of a lot of people. Uh, yeah. It was clearly something that Urban Meyer hoped would go away. Um, but at the same time, um, I don't feel like – the Urban Meyer situation is over. Do you like? I feel like that. There's there. It might make it to the end of the season, um, but remember that you know this Urban Meyer situation had a lot more to it before we even got to him not flying home with the team, him being in his bar with this young woman. Uh, Urban Meyer was already in trouble long before this. Yeah, and here's the thing. I read an interesting story that you know because everyone was saying, well, he didn't get on the plane to go back with his team, and he decided because he needed a mental break after four weeks of football, right? And so he went to Columbus, and then, and then would he lose the locker room? I read an interesting piece um, on Bleacher Report. Headline, Urban Meyer rumors 
Jaguars head coach never had the locker room to lose before the viral video. So the players have yet to, or never did, buy into his philosophy. They've never, they've never really grasped or, or given him the respect that, you know, younger kids in college probably thought that they, that, that they, they would have. Um, and so I, I'm not sure if he's ever going to get it. You know, um, in, in the article, the, the sources noted his coaching style, quote-unquote, hasn't rung with the Jags' veteran players the same way it did with younger players during his coaching days in college. So, you know, um, I, I would like to see, is there a line yet anywhere, um, a prop on whether he makes it to the end of the season? Yeah, I think that would probably be uh, in far-off places. Uh, if so, that line might be available. Look, Shad Khan doesn't want to eat the money uh, any more than Mark Davis wanted to eat the money with John Gruden, these long contracts that are left. But really, the more I think about this, if if Urban Meyer gets let go at the end of the year and we were to put some sort of prop up about who gets another NFL head coaching job first, Urban Meyer or John Gruden, my money's on John Gruden. I think John Gruden gets back into the NFL before Urban Meyer gets back into the NFL. And I'm not saying Urban Meyer wants back into the NFL if this Jacksonville thing doesn't work out. But when it comes to sins in the ideas of many NFL front offices, not flying back with the team and quitting on the team that way is something that is far harder for them to understand than the sort of casual racism, misogyny, homophobia that clearly pervades the culture in many NFL front offices and locker rooms. Are you talking head coaching or just a coaching job? Coaching job, period. Coordinator. I would somewhere. Think, I would think that I would have a head coaching job. I might be with you, but coaching job like a coordinator of some kind. I I would have to think that that's a stretch, and that Meyer maybe like somebody out there would say, well, maybe he was in over his head, and he can be taught. That's hard to say because Urban Meyer's got such an ego, like he thinks he's the greatest thing. But um, I don't know, man. This is. I mean, and of course, I've been out there every single day, and when you're when you're when you're mixed in with this, and you're covering it too. I mean, you may not be out there with us at the Raider facility, but Adam, you've been on the air, you know, almost every day. You, you, you know, since last week, since Friday, you, you're in the mix. You're covering it. You're on top of it. Your legal expertise. You know what's going on, and it's still, it's still very fresh. Adam Hill said something interesting yesterday to you. That that's a really- lie. That's a lie. Adam Hill didn't say anything interesting. He, you know it that. resonated with me in that, okay. hey, right. we may not be Raiders, but we are still right there mixed up with this, and head is spinning, and you're trying to wrap your head around it from a reporter standpoint. And I 100% agree with that. I mean, you know, we had – you go in yesterday thinking that you're just going to meet with Rich Bisaccia, and then all of a sudden – Mike Mayock, and then Derek Carr agrees to talk, and then it's Darren Waller, and then it's Max Crosby, and you transcribe all these quotes, and you got like 3,000 words of quotes, and you have to write a 700-word story where you might use 350 words of quotes. And to get to, you know, to, to try to find your angle and do what you're doing and then wrap yourself, wrap your head around the actual, you know, what you're talking about, because, I mean, I sat there and listened to four different angles yesterday, and you've, you covered enough things in your in your lifetime as a media member to where something this big whatever level it may be on whatever the subject is you can come away with four interviews four press conferences whatever and and go okay what angle am i going with and i could realistically bang out four or five stories just from today so 
from every angle of this, no matter who you are, um, you know, we're all mentally wrapped up into this still. And it's, it's, so it's very tough to well, swallow. I think, I think I would take what you were saying, Willie, and I would kind of break it down for people this way. You've all have been hearing this John Gruden story and reading about the emails for a week now. And it's not just a random week in time. It is the year after one of the bigger racial reckonings that this country has seen. It yes. is in the middle of the marriage equality, equality in many different ways, evolution that we have seen in the last decade. We are in the middle of a time where a lot of thoughts and opinions and hearts are either changing or asking questions. And if you're in the shoes of someone like you, where you're writing a story that's going to go out to a lot of people, um, you're not only trying to do your job and distill what people have said into the story of what's going on, but you're questioning your own interpretations of things. You're questioning your own look at it. It's Think about if you had to process your own thoughts yes. and then try to explain them accurately to everyone out there. That's one thing, because I can tell you what I'm thinking, and it's still going to take me time to get through it. But now i got to distill down what other people said, and it's all just words, right? When we're writing, it's just words on a page. You have to try to make sure that gets across what these people are thinking. And that's not to say, woe is us, we have to cover sports and report about the things that people say. No, it's nothing like that. It's just to say that when Adam Hill talks about how it's all spinning and we're all processing, this is part of it too. And, and let me touch on that because it's interesting you say that. Um, our mutual good friend Ray Brewer and I, we go way back in this town. When he was a community reporter at the Henderson Home News, and I got my start between 1987 and 1995 because my best friends at the time, and we're still friends to this day, their parents founded the state's only black newspaper. And I used to just hang around, do little odds and ends, and it just slow, I would add duties to my weekly you know, agenda for them. And then all of a sudden it became, hey, do you want to go to a running Rebel game? Do you want to go to a boxing match? Do you want to do this? And all of a sudden I was the sports editor of the state's only black newspaper. And one of my responsibilities was being the distributor where every Thursday I would take the bundles, throw them in my truck, and go into the west side and, and distribute to, to the churches and to the markets and, and all the convenience stores all around um, historic West Las Vegas. The only two weeks that they, out of my safety, said, Willie, we, we think that it would be better that if we will deliver it, don't worry, don't go, were during the Rodney King riots. And when I returned, do you know how many market owners said, Willie, we miss you, Lasko, where you been? What's going on? Da, 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 da. So for me, it was very important for me to ask the question yesterday to Mike Mayock when he said, when he mentioned Carl Nassib and that Carl requested a day off, and I asked him, I said, hey, with all due respect to Carl, and, and I do respect, you know, I, it's, 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 it's a lot to process, especially as he put it when he is a community of one. But let's not forget that this entire thing started with a an email brought to light about a black man. And you have a locker room with black players. So did you check with them and see if they are mentally okay, if they need counseling, if they need to talk, because they went into this season with a new energy. We talked about that word, energy. Gus Bradley taking over the defense, matching John Gruden's energy, this leader of men who this was a promising year with, with – um, 
fans in the stands and, you know, full capacity. And that just went away because the very first email that was brought to light, you know, degraded a black man that represents every single player in that locker room. So it was important for me to ask that question because there's still a part of me that feels that I'm doing what I'm doing here 34 years later because my start was in the black community. And the black man you mentioned, of course, is NFLPA head Demora Smith. And we have talked plenty about what John Gruden said about Demora Smith. We've talked less about what Demora Smith has said. He spoke with Bomani Jones from ESPN just today. We're going to have more of that on the other side here on Cofield & Company. Silver 7's NFL Special. Two 22-ounce drafts, two hot dogs, and two bags of chips for just $7.77. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7's, it's Cofield & Company. Cofield & Company rolls along. Thursday night football about an hour and a half away. Silver 7s is the spot to be 77 cent Bud, Bud like Mick Ultra. Come down and get two 22 ounce drafts, two hot dogs, and wait for it, two bags of chips, 777. Adam Candy and Willie Ramirez, Ari at our Finley Toyota Studios. And uh, just before we jumped out for a minute there, we were discussing the fact that we have said so much about what was in John Gruden's emails emails over the course of a long period of time but Willie very smartly brought up before the break uh this started with one email that I'm sure many people felt like was more than enough reason for John Gruden to no longer be the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders and it was about the head of the NFLPA Demora Smith of course you know what the content of it was by now dumb or is Smith and lips the size of Michelin tires um Demar Smith talked to Bomani Jones today on the right time. It was it was a wide ranging interview, but I thought it was interesting when he was asked about the content of the six hundred fifty thousand emails and what more might be in there. Uh, Demar Smith's concerns went a lot farther than himself. What I'm interested in is is there correspondence that suggests that teams are making decisions about coaches um, based on the color of their skin. Um, Are they actively hostile to players who have chosen to self-identify in various ways? Um, Are they denigrating, um, uh, you know, people based on – sexual preference or, or, or religious identity. And we all have those questions too. And the NFL doesn't want us to get answers to them. They keep saying nothing more is going to be released, even though the NFL PA, which Tamora Smith heads, as well as the attorneys for the former Washington football team employees who are suing the team, yep. they're all petitioning to see more of the 650,000 emails. So just to give you a little bit more about, What's happened since Friday, um, Gruden reached out to Morris Smith uh, this past Saturday after the Wall Street Journal report. Um, He responded via text message to Smith and hoped to speak to Gruden later this week, acknowledging, however, that their weekend exchange occurred before 
Gruden's resignation, obviously before the release of the rest of the emails. So, um, Willie, I can't imagine the position that that Demara Smith is in right now, trying to, in some ways, deflect the, the personal part of this and get down to the deeper part of this because, you know, I, I haven't had the experience, but he's right that there are much, much larger questions that the NFL had to in some way know that when these emails leaked out, we were going to be asking questions that were a lot bigger than John Gruden. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I, I'm not sure where everybody stands. You know, everybody, they want to know what's in them, and uh, you have to wonder if it's, if it's genuine where they're just, you know, people are nosy, you know, media. We're all, we all want to know what's in it, but it's, it's those important documents that he's talking about where decisions are being made by powerful men, millionaire, billionaire people that are affecting the lives of different people, of different races and genders and sexual preference, as he said. Um, and that is, what is, that is why it is important to make sure those emails stay in the right hands. Um, now, I've heard the phrase, you know, um, well, out of resp- you know, in all due respect for John Gruden, this or however they're wording it. The one thing that I will say, without using the the word respect and Gruden in the same sentence, is that why are just his? Why were those emails? Was it to make it a point? Was it to embarrass somebody? Was it? Was it to get him out of the league because they've because Goodell found out that those emails existed where he was being uh, name called and so it started with one no pressure from Davis so then Mondays hit what you know what was the intention of that and you know there's that there's that social media meme or gift that goes around where it says. I'm not concerned about why so-and-so was talking about me. I'm more concerned why that person was more comfortable saying it to you, meaning to your friend. What about the people he was sharing those emails with? And they're supposedly were CC'd on with other emails, not just with Alan from the football team. What about the other people that are involved in this transmission, not just Gruden? And I'm not trying to take pressure off of Gruden or heat off of Gruden, but there are other people involved when you're talking about the trading of emails of scantily clad women, including employees of the football team, that goes back to the original investigation that they're there for. So it's it's not a matter of, quote-unquote, out of respect for Gruden. It's more so... You're going to just reveal and tear down one man's entire career, but out of 650000 you're not going to reveal these other ones. You're not going to bring to light these other ones. And how soon will you take it? If you're not going to, how soon are you going to take action with the ones that need to be addressed based on what DeMora Smith just talked about? And there are people, Willie, who were directly injured by things that happened within this investigation. You mentioned the cheerleaders and that might just be the tip of the iceberg. John Gruden didn't directly hurt anyone. That's not a defense of him. He offended a lot of different groups by saying a lot of horrible, abhorrent, just terrible, terrible things. But there is direct harm being done to individual women in this situation that will still need to be addressed and 
discovered, and hopefully more of that comes out as we go along. Um, more about the Raiders coming up in a moment. Adam Hill's going to join us from out in Henderson. Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator. Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, spoke today at the Raiders facility. Adam's got the latest in just a moment. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Yeah, I'm not suggesting he needed to hold a press conference, needed to make a big deal, but a strong, unequivocal statement was what I was hoping for. No, I don't think he would have hired John if he knew about this. Yes, I think this could have been handled more strongly and more emphatically when the team learns. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. That's Amy Trask, the former Raiders president under Al Davis, of course the first uh, female chief executive of an NFL franchise, weighing in on the Mark Davis situation. You're here with Adam Candy, Willie Ramirez, Ari. Silver 7s is the spot today for Thursday Night Football. We're out to Henderson at the moment. Talk to our guy, Adam Hill. Cofield Company, RJ, man about town. Uh, Adam, because I know we talked about this yesterday, and you have thoughts about Mark Davis and when he speaks or if he speaks and the time it takes him to do so, uh, what do you think about what Amy Trask said about Mark Davis, his lack of appearance thus far. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've heard her do a couple of interviews, and I know that she has certain feelings about the organization as well, so um, I don't want to get too caught up in it. Just like I think we've talked about all the things that have come out from you know people that already hated John Gruden, right? And now they're like using this as a play to go after him. Not that you know, not that you need to already hate him to be upset about this and angry about this because it's gross, but. Um, you, you definitely see people tag, you know, tagging on, and then you see people that have supported John Gruden. A lot of them have, you know, rushed to his defense. Which, you know, when you know somebody, that's kind of what happens. So I, I think you kind of look at what somebody's perspective is, and um, you know, we know that Davey Trask has a certain perspective on the Raiders and on the situation. So uh, it's it, it makes some sense that you know she would she would be saying what she was saying. But you know, I do think we have to look at everybody that talks and kind of what their perspective is on things. But to what she's saying, I mean, it, it, it's a good point. Um, but at the same time, like we talked about, I think it's much more important to get it right than to get it fast. Adam, you talk about people getting out there and discussing the situation today. That was the Raiders coordinators, uh, Gus Bradley on the defensive side, Rick Olson on the offensive side. What came out of their pressers and the questions they were asked? Not much. It's actually funny. Um, after it was all over, we kind of, you know, you kind of sit there and process what what you all heard. And somebody in the media just turned to me and said, "What would you say was the news out of today?" <laughs> I said, "I don't think there was any." Um, it, the normalcy was nice. It was it was kind of um, kind of reassuring, and I think I'm sure for the from the team perspective as well, you had far less questions about the Gruden situation and far more about the game. Um, which I, I again, I'm sure, makes them very happy, and it, it's a sign that while the story is still ongoing, I mean, we're sitting there asking questions about preparing for a game, and there's a TV on in the background of the press room that has their lead story on NFL Network is Gruden being fired still, or she's resigning, but you know, uh, the end of the Gruden era is the top story on NFL Network. So I know nationally, it, both on you know on news shows, on sports shows especially on football shows, it's still number one. But 
like there is still a sense of, oh, yeah, by the way, you still have to cover a team. And I think all of us were looking around saying, well, we all have game stories to write for this week. Um, we've heard from you know so many people right now. Like It's kind of, kind of time to move on. Um, that's what you know they wanted, and I think that's why we saw what we saw yesterday when we were all sort of baffled when we thought when we showed up that all we were going to hear from was Rich Passaccia, and then all of a sudden it was, hey, Mike Mayock's going to address the media at 1130. Um, hey, you're going to get uh, you know Derek Carr. Hey, you're going to get – and, and all of a sudden, they just started coming in, and I think that that's what they wanted was to get it all out of the way in one day. That way, with what we had today in terms of the coordinators, you could ask each one of them, you've known Gruden, you've had a relationship, and then move on to you know, uh, Bradley in the defense and Olsen taking over the, the play calling. And, and so from, from a local standpoint and from the team standpoint, you know, in dealing with us every day, the local media, I think that they – accomplished what they wanted by doing what they did yesterday. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and you know, it was also, you know, very noticeable that it was back to the normal press contingent today. Yes. Um, there was all these people in there yesterday, even some local people that covered the team every day couldn't get in because there is a limit of 25 with the COVID restrictions. So, you know, some people that you know are there every day weren't allowed to get in yesterday. And now today it was back to like the normal, you know, 10 to 12 people in the press room. So I think that was a sign right there that the story is starting to die, to die down a little bit. Not that it – and when I'm saying move on, I don't mean like, hey, we've we've seen this story before. Time to get on to something else. Like, the story is still going to be a big story. It's still going to be a massive story. When the first time we hear from certain players, it'll be a big story uh, because they haven't talked about it. The first time Mark Davis speaks, it'll be a big story because they haven't talked about it. It should, it should be at the forefront of our minds because – um, of you know because of the severity of the situation the seriousness of it but like people do still have jobs to do and, and there is still you know people that are focused on the football game and interested in the football game so I, I think I, I just mean moving on from that perspective and um, we saw that a little bit today and listen I'm sure again Mark Davis will speak at some point maybe tomorrow Mark Davis speaks and and then the you know the storyline is that again Adam one of the things that I brought up this morning with uh, with our good friend Ed Grady and I was talking to Adam here uh, during the break earlier is that for guys like us, okay, I've been here since 72. You've been here for a long time. You graduated high school here. Adam's been here a long time. Um, you know, for so long, this was a UNLV town and everybody waited for this to be a pro town and, and the Golden Knights arrive and the, then the Aces and the NBA Summer League's been here and, and the, the, you know, the, the minor league baseball. But the NFL arrives and, you know, there's so much emotion behind it there there's the raider nation that's excited there's nfl fans that are excited there are people that were against the public funding of the same regardless of what it is all of a sudden you have there's going to be a contingent a population out there of las vegans especially those that have been here for so long that have grown maybe to to tolerate the Raiders or just to that maybe weren't football fans but now they're football fans anything to take pride and stake pride in saying we are an NFL town, and a lot of it had to do with that crinkled face with those squinted eyes and that one, those one-liner motivational from press conferences and, and, they, and, and, you know, that they love John Gruden, and that just went out the window. As longtime Las Vegans, how much do you think it's impacted those that maybe wouldn't have watched NFL Sundays in the past, but because the Raiders are here, 
they now do, and and it's almost like driving a stake through their heart that they're, they're a sense of disappointment because it's a it's a mark on their town. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know that it is in the sense that yeah, Las Vegas it's the Las Vegas Raiders and it happened as the Las Vegas Raiders, but I think everybody kind of realizes John Gruden is a tie to the Oakland Raiders, and John Gruden is more Raiders and more Oakland than he is Las Vegas. Um, so I think from that perspective, it's not it's not quite that level. Um, and I also think from the perspective of, hey, he's been the face of the franchise since they moved here, which, yes, was only two years ago, but he's been that face. Um, I think it would be different if, if, like, he had gotten – if they had got rid of him before they got here, right? If this had come out when they were still in Oakland and they never got to see John Gruden here and the Raiders came here without him, uh, I think it would it, there would have been maybe a little bit less fanfare of, like, oh, just some generic coach – is, is in charge there. This is cool. We have NFL. I like it. I think there was a, there was like a wave of, hey, it's very cool. John Gruden is coaching in Las Vegas. That's cool. Um, but I, I don't think there's any kind of disappointment or letdown. I think people are like, okay, well, we have the Raiders. We don't have John Gruden. Uh, the Raiders are bigger than him, and I think people are ready for that. Adam Hill joined us here on Cofield Company. Adam, I guess that almost makes me feel like there's an opportunity here that the Raiders could use to almost have a golden misfits kind of moment. And granted, no one will ever, thank God, replicate the circumstances around the beginning of the Golden Knights franchise here. But if this team rallies up and goes on a run and, you know, we see some of the uh, some of the Raiders players, you know, come out there and talk about coming together as a group and et cetera, et cetera. I almost wonder if there's a chance for the Raiders players, the on the field contingent to connect with Las Vegas in a way that's different because it is such a mercenary franchise from L.A., from Oakland. It's the Raiders more than it's been Las Vegas until now. I mean, do you, do you sense any of that? Um, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Gerard Gallant as the new head coach? Hey, man. Is that what you're suggesting? Dude, dude, I, I, all roads lead back to T-Mobile Arena, obviously. <laughs> I saw Gerard last night with the, with the Rangers. It was good. Good to see him. Um, Listen, maybe, but of course, Las Vegas is never going to have what they had with the Golden Knights. It wasn't just about the players or just about the team or just about hockey or even just about the success, which was a major part of it. It was about the fact that it was a community rallying after right. you know, the worst tragedy you've ever been through. And, and I don't think you could compare, and I know you're not comparing um, this to that tragedy. Um, you're just talking about the galvanization aspect of things, and I, I just I don't think it would happen for that reason, and I also don't think it would happen even you know forget forget uh, the tragic circumstances around the hockey team and forget the amount of success they had. Um, there is a difference between the NFL and the NHL. I mean, obviously we know that, but everyone in town had already had an NFL team. Everyone, if you're interested, in, even if you're not interested in the NFL, I know people that aren't even fans of football that have a favorite team. Um, and so everybody already had that. Like, 2% of Las Vegas had a favorite hockey team before the Golden Knights were here. Uh, that's, you know, obviously that's scientific. a research number. There's scientific that's a, evidence, yeah. A, a guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like 2% of the town had a hockey team, and they were all like, oh, this is our hockey team. Uh, it's different with the NFL. We're, I don't think we're ever going to have that aspect. Now, listen, when they have a, a successful year, and they're, you know, if they're, four, I was going to say 42, if they're 14-3, and three, uh, some season and then, you know, a Super Bowl favorite and they're going to go to the Super Bowl, the city will rally around it. The city likes winners. They care about winners. That's what the city has always been. And so, yeah, at that point, then that'll happen. But um, I, I just think, you know, if you're talking about 
hey, maybe they make a run and they go to 10-7 and 7 and they make the playoffs. Like, nah, it's not going to work. You know what, Adam? You're a winner. <laughs> Thank you. That's why the yeah. town loves me. Yeah, I just needed to make sure everybody yeah. knew that. Adam yeah. Hill, of course, out with the Raiders back next week on Cofield & Company. Out to Denver this weekend. Safe travels, man. We'll talk to you soon. See you, Adam. Sounds good. Talk to you guys. The Big Five at four coming up in a moment. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.